I've got someone who wants you to do the locomotion with him, but only temporarily. Ooh, I've got a spectre bad get. Don't get that. It's bad. Don't get that spectre. What? <laughs> You'll see. It'll make... I mean, it doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> How many of these have we done? 109. Okay. And welcome to Date Fight. It's the podcast where we take events that occurred on this day in history and we say to them, you're all terrible. Yes, he's Jake. Except this one. Yes, <laughs> vote for this one. Um, he's Jake, yeah. I'm Nat Tapley and together we have moseyed around the zoo of history picking the most furry alpacas to see which is the most entertaining and historically accurate. Nice. Not really. It doesn't hold in any sense. That's a metaphor that falls apart at every angle. Every single <laughs> corner of it is broken. Just like our lives. Hey! Round one! I'm going to take you to the 21st of February 1848 and the publication of the Communist Manifesto. That's my spectre that is bad to get because the first lines are. A <laughs> I'm spectre sorry, is that a pun on Inspector Gadget? It was trying. I couldn't think of any okay. other inspectors. I just had to check. Inspector Maygray? And Inspector Calls? Yeah, but that doesn't. It didn't, though. It didn't call. That's the point of the bit. And inspector it did... Calls to Action? Okay. All right. And it's, it doesn't matter. But Inspector Gadget's a funny. <laughs> A spectre is haunting Europe, the spectre of communism. All the powers of old Europe have entered into a holy alliance to exorcise the spectre, is the current English translation. However, when it was first released, there was a different translation by someone else, which I prefer, which says, A frightful hobgoblin stalks throughout Europe. We are haunted by a ghost, the ghost of communism. I think that one really has more of a sense that it's telling a proper story. Yeah, hobgoblins are much Who's more vivid. ghost? The ghost of communism. Yeah, than a spectre. Yeah, like it's literally someone with a sheet over them, whereas a hobgoblin is yeah. something you, you'd be standing on the table screaming. Yeah, there's actual... And then it goes on, we're haunted by a ghost. What ghost? The communist the ghost! Communism. It's turning into a pantomime. Yeah, it was a, yeah. <laughs> He's behind you! Unshackling himself from the chains of labour. Um, it was... It actually wasn't the first Communist Manifesto. There had been one the year before, but the Communists thought it was so rubbish. Uh, Karl Marx said, it's all right, I'll go and do another one. <laughs> this one by Moses Hess. It's just terrible. It doesn't ask for anything good. Yeah. It's all about uh, abolition of child labour to be replaced with stoat labour. Yes, because we must protect Moses Brackens. <laughs> Moses Hess believes that there is nothing that a child can do that is too onerous or suffocating for the lithe and nimble stoat. <laughs> Um, he wasn't. It was something else. I don't know what it was. Um, so, I'm sorry, let me understand this correctly. The Communist Manifesto said there is a spectre hanging over Europe and it's communism. Yes. Yeah, it started with, I mean, uh, I mean, we're coming I, to I get mean, you. Oh, I see. It's that. And he's like, this is, good. this is happening. It's on. There's a spectre over here. Not that it's, you know, spectres are particularly frightening. But if you believe in ghosts, then be very frightened of communism. That's quite an aggressive, that's quite a it was quite notorious. Of, a, a, a commun- it feels like communists had some self-esteem issues there. Yes, and it wasn't very famous for a long time. It was sort of got gained notoriety because it came out in 1848, which was the same year a lot of revolutions happened in Europe. And so people tend to associate it with that and think, oh, that was the spark that set it all off. But actually it wasn't. It wasn't translated into any languages apart from French, and it only came out in French after the Paris uprising that year. And for about 20 years, no one really remembered that it existed because it was, it was just the manifesto of a small communist group. 
Right. Uh, and it wasn't even the main communist group. There were all sorts of socialists and um, anarchists running around yeah. with lots of different ideas. Yeah. It wasn't until Lenin really went, this is the one, this dictatorship of the stoats that I've been reading about, <laughs> that's the one we need. <laughs> if I've been translating this correctly. Um, that's when it became uh, sort of fundamental text for all socialist thought right. was when, uh, in the Third International. Okay. Um, but, but at the time, it was a very little consequence. And thank you, Nat, for yes. conceding this round. I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> you really notice I did say it became fundamental to Bolshevism yeah, I saw, in the I saw you 20th to call century. It back, yeah, yeah. But, you know, sorry. No, no, because Marxist Leninism is the basis of all 20th century history. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but, no, you know, you know definitely, mate. Definitely. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll definitely come down. I'll definitely come and see your show. When, when's it on? Essentially, it's just uh, me yeah, listing uh, things you could make stoats do. <laughs> that's the show. It's an hour. It's a, well, it's, a, it's an Edinburgh hour. It's only it, 50 I could, Yeah, the titles are, are suggesting themselves. Right. I'm going to take you to the 21st of February, mm. 18. What happened then? Well, uh, what happened was uh, the first ever steam locomotive happened. Mm. Uh, it's just that not that many people talk about it. Two years earlier, Richard Trevithick, uh, he, yep. so he, he built a, a steam Steam engines didn't actually, they weren't on rails. They didn't go along early, early ones. You know, they were just there to power things like pumps or mm. driving hammers and things, mainly in mines. So yep. there they were in Wales doing stuff in mines. And uh, Richard Trevithick thinks, uh, hey, that steam engine I I built at that mine in Merthyr Tivville, I tell you what, for a laugh, Mm -hmm. we could put it on like a a carriage that presumably pit ponies were pulling along normally, and we could make it like go along Mm -hmm. with this thing, like... It would be hilarious. <laughs> and his friend, uh, well, the, the owner, Samuel Humphrey, yeah. uh, was like, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, if you do that, I'm going to have a bet with another <laughs> bloke called Richard Crawley for 500 guineas that you could tell, haul 10 tonnes of iron along the tram road. Don't let me down, Trevithick. Just under 10 miles. I've got 500 large, right? Yeah, I know where your wife lives, I've got 500 large on this, right? <laughs> right, yeah. All right, but don't be big across. cross. i got 10 ponies riding on this, and that's ironic. <laughs> so... Uh, it pulled ten tons of iron, five wagons, and seventy people, mm. and it did it did just under ten miles in. This is impressive. Four hours and five minutes. Ooh, that's half walking speed. Uh, <laughs> and Humphrey, so Humphrey won his bet, and he was like, "Ah, oh, brilliant! That was great. Okay, let's get the engine back on its blocks then." Mm-hmm. So they put it back on its blocks, and... and it carried on just driving hammers. Oh, all of this was like. 27 years before Stevenson's rocket began. So we invented the steam train, then forgot yeah, about the steam just train. put it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, but I it like... was the first instance of steam locomotion and therefore very significant. Yeah, if we'd remembered it, it would have been. I like the fact that so much of 19th century history seems to have been uh, provoked by bets between rich English people yeah, yeah, yeah. or well, British people generally going, I bet you could find the source of the Nile, couldn't you? <laughs> well, I'll do it in 80 days. See you there. <laughs> I mean, people sitting in the Royal Geographic Society betting each other things. That's good, isn't it? That seems to be all of Victorian history. I mean, vice is a great driver of innovation, isn't it? Mm. As is just the getting one over on Lord Trefkothic of <laughs> whoever. <I'll> show- <laughs> He's had it for me ever since I was his fag at school. I'll show him <laughs> by discovering Swaziland. <laughs> Happy 
happy birthday to Chuck Palahniuk, who wrote Fight Club and other things, including that short story about the swimming pool, which if you've read it, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't read it, you won't. But don't look it up. You don't want to read it. Happy birthday. (laughs) It is. It's very memorable. There is no one who's read that story. I appreciate that. No, I don't don't need to remember it. it. Don't need to remember it. Well, that's nope. fine. Just keep it that way. Um, happy birthday. Is it a story about uh, a lovely swimming pool? Uh, the swimming but pool itself uh, begins lovely, yes. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Do they build it for a family with a little girl who needs it to recuperate? No, after an no, it's just a, a very, you know, pleasant so. story about a young man taking a relaxing swim in a swimming pool. Oh, that's nice. I'm going to read it. Nothing. Okay, do. It's in whatever his book was that's about all the ghosts that short stories can't remember, but you can find it online. It was in the Guardian Weekend supplement. It was as a separate short story, and it was the most upsetting thing I've ever read in the Guardian Weekend supplement. Okay. Anyway, happy b- <laughs> happy birthday to Abe Noseme, who was a Japanese, um, not quite wizard, but they were sort of medicine man, wise person, whose mother was a fox spirit, apparently. At age five, he could command trolls <laughs> to do his bidding. Um, oh. Yeah. And he... Is that, like, online, or...? Yes, he could. He actually had an online troll army, and he made anyone who didn't like Abe no Seime feel quite small about themselves. Is it Dapper Laughs? <laughs> it is, essentially. This is the 9th century Japanese version of Dapper Laughs. <laughs> Dapper Laughs. <laughs> Happy death day to Malcolm X, uh, or Malcolm the Tenth of Scotland. No, that's not who he was. Malcolm X was an American <laughs> minister who was assassinated by one person with a Sean off shotgun and two people with semi-automatic handguns, um, who we believe are from the Nation of Islam, although they deny that to this day. It's funny she would have mentioned that, Matt. Happy death day to James I of Scotland. His older brother died under suspicious circumstances, so then he tried to run away to France. But he was kidnapped by pirates, who then sold him to Henry IV. Um, one of his other brothers was killed. Um, he was eventually assassinated. Essentially, James I of Scotland didn't have a very good time. Uh, he was kept in prison by Henry IV for 18 years before he was let go, um, and he was assassinated shortly after that. James I of Scotland. Also, happy death day to St. Randewald of Gornval. He was the prior of the Benedictine Abbey in Gornval, and he was master- martyred for sticking up for the poor. Round two. Now, look, I feel that mm. one of your death days warrants a little bit further, a bit of further unpacking. So, oh, yes. on the 21st of February 1965, the assassination of Malcolm X... Yes. While he's giving a talk at the Audubon Ballroom in mm-hmm. Harlem. Yes. Uh, his name, his full name was El Haj Malik El Shabazz. Mm. I didn't, uh, I didn't that, know that. I thought he was I didn't know that. Malcolm. And is that a name he changed when he converted to Islam? Did he change his name to that? Yeah. So he, he certainly modified that name uh, because he, mm-hmm. he he done a Haj. Is that, is that the verb? Is it you do a Haj? He's done a Haj. He's done what he's done. He's done a Haj. He's done a Haj. Two Hajj's. It's a game of two hearts. <laughs> uh, so, yes, he, it's thought that it was the Nation of Islam assassinated him, although other mm. people said, no, it wasn't, no, it wasn't. Uh, I found this quote that I thought was really good, mm. uh, him talking about the media, which I thought, it's still so relevant. I want to share it with you. Oh, good. Because what's more appropriate than a white guy appropriating <laughs> a black man's work? For the entertainment oh of yeah. white guy who oh, will chuckle his way through it. Oh dear. Sounding God. like uh, so, racist <clears throat> Muttley. He's 
So he, I can't, they'll never get through this. Right. <coughs> mm-hmm. He said, Yes. The media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent, and that's power because they control the minds of the masses. The press is so powerful in its image making role, it can make the criminal look like he's the victim and make the victim look like he's the criminal. This is the press, an irresponsible press. Hmm. If you aren't careful, the newspapers will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving the people who are doing the oppressing. That seems fairly useful. Got yeah. my handle on that, mate. Yeah, I don't know Rupert Murdoch disagrees, about. by the way. Yeah. That's rubbish, Malcolm. Yeah. Back he in says, your box. We love us. <laughs> we just give the people what they want. Melinda19 says she doesn't think much of Malcolm X's ideas. <laughs> From <laughs> Bristol. <laughs> Anyway, I thought I thought you know one should one should take note of such uh, an auspicious. Yes, absolutely. That, you know. that deserved uh, more uh, attention than a simple death day reference. Thank well you. Well done. Thanks for bringing Thanks. it to our attention. I mean, I didn't do it anywhere um, near enough research on it, but I, at least I said I ought to have done. <laughs> but I think, guys, listening, you know, if you're listening, you've got to vote. Yeah. With your conscience, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to take you to the 21st of February, 1918, when Incus died. Incus was an inhabitant of Cincinnati Zoo, and Incus was the last Carolina parakeet. On the February 21st, 1918, Carolina parakeets went extinct, and people standing outside Incus's cage could have watched it happen. Incidentally, it was exactly the same cage in which the last passenger pigeon had died. Four years earlier. Someone needs to clean out that cage. Yeah, that cage. and Just stop putting birds in that cage. I mean, that's... Really, it's not that difficult. Um, so there previously had been, of course, millions of them, but uh, we... The, by, by we, I mean the human race, uh, got rid of them all in about... A hundred years? Ta-da! Really? We haven't really... We weren't exposed to them before the early 19th century, and within a hundred years, they were all gone. Well, I say all gone. We still have about 720 skins left and 16 skeletons. Ta-da! We have actually extracted analysable DNA from them, so we can probably cross up with a parrot and make some sort of weird monster, which we could pretend we're doing conservation with. Uh... <laughs> Uh, the, the various reasons are given for the extinction. Let's not take it all on ourselves, guys. Um, some of them aren't human. Of course, the main non-human reason for the extinction listed is deforestation. Now, it might just be me, but I suspect that deforestation also had something to do with people. But the most significant role was that ladies liked wearing their colourful feathers on their hats. Oh, brilliant. That's, that's always <laughs> the best reason. Yeah, because at least we know yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. it's not getting rid of vermin. It's not like protecting crops which were needed to no. feed subsistence yeah, yeah. farmers. No. It was essentially hats. Nice. We killed the last Carolina parakeets for millinery. That's the human yeah. race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy that on February the twenty first as you wander around wondering what's next to go. In fact, by the end of the day, probably a couple yeah. more species will have gone extinct. Maybe not for hats. Maybe just for like mining heavy minerals for your mobile yeah. phone instead. But but maybe just maybe. It will be to make mm-hmm. a wonderful fascinator for Ladies' Day. <laughs> Let us hope. Just look at... I imagine the Queen probably has in her hat collection at least one part of Carolina Parakeet that could be your last chance to see it. So ask her to get it out for Ascot. On uh, sort of extinction and conservation mm. uh, news, I, I would... if May I just put in a quick word uh, for what I'd venture to call our sister podcast, Not Today, Thank You. Oh, yes, yes. Which today features uh, TGI Fly Day, mm. uh, where 
Um, each Friday, uh, Dr. Erica McAllister, who's from the Natural History Museum and is professor of diptera, a.k.a. flies. Nice. Uh, takes me through a different fly that she likes. And when I went to interview her last week, she showed me a, a tray of flies, uh, including one that had been peeled off the very fly swat of Charles Darwin. <laughs> and that was very cool. I don't think that's how he catches them. But it was a very, very cool moment to, uh, to see that. That's very cool. So I'm just I'm just saying if you're if you're into extinction and dead mounted animals I've got some for you over on not today thank you <laughs> and a very nicely titled segment I must say thank you so. thank you very much uh, what other titles do you have I don't give a drosophilia oh that's good yeah, I can't think of any others no, don't worry about it sorry it took me a whole minute while you were thinking lucky fine. lucky diptera I mean there's there's a famous... there we go <laughs> but the theme tune's good here's a bit of it. Get over there, listen now. Yes. Well, I mean, not right now. Let's finish. Let's do the end of this. No, no, let's finish the podcast. Come on, let's, there's not much more to go. That was it. Yeah. That's it. We just say goodbye, didn't we? Yeah, you might as well. <laughs> and don't forget that you can vote. Please yes. exercise your democratic rights. Do vote. On this most important of votes. Mm. <laughs> uh, you can go to Twitter. It's at date underscore fights. Or to Facebook at facebook.com underscore date, not underscore, for backslash date. Do, do the wangs. Facebook.com slash date fight. And remember, Remember, if you just tell even 4,000 of your friends, then tomorrow this will be one of the best listened to podcasts. Go on, yeah. tell them. Tell That's them all, all we ask. And if yeah. you do enjoy it and you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash datefight and we'll find be very out grateful. all the exclusive stuff in there. Yes, they get special things, which will be coming very soon. None of which I can remember. <laughs> Brilliant. See you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.